Welcome back to Brevity Box, episode 8, being recorded on December 12th at 2.20 p.m. I'm here with my partner in crime, Brando. Episode 8, what is- the Ocho. <laughs> Ocho! It's me, Triple C. Uh, man, I have a lot of thoughts with everything that's been going on this week. Too much to really get into one deep dive on anything. What's on your mind, man? How you been doing? I don't know. Time has no meaning anymore. I can't even Time really remember. I can't even really remember when some of these events actually happened at this point. It feels like the impeachment was like two and a half years ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I would say that that is accurate, man. It feels forever ago. I I don't even a long, long ago. Yeah, you know, I I know that we have a tendency to to kind of start sounding like we should start our show like Mark Levine. We we get to politics every single time when we hit off the bat, but it seems like it's always in the atmosphere, you know, especially I don't even know. I I I have heard some scary stories about Arizona. Uh as far as not so much scary, but you know, where you get a good dose of attitude from people who don't agree with you. And I don't hear about those kinds of things like out of uh, Portland from, I mean, other than the huge news, but have you run into anything recently? I have. And I'll tell you about that in a sec. I mean, anything that's come out of your way, like when you're at the store or something, you see people getting just exhausted and tired, whatever side of the fence they land on politically. No, I mean, I do see some deniers that are still rolling around with their Trump trucks and flags. Um, but I don't really see anybody mouthing off to anybody else because let's be honest, this is Arizona. You just assume everybody's got a gun. I mean, that's the yeah. reason why I stopped uh, being a dick to people about not wearing a mask, right? Because I didn't want to catch a beating or a bullet. Yeah, you got a good point about the open carry there. I remember how I, I you know, not not saying, making a statement about anything but it's just like fucking weird to go to Home Depot to buy uh, drywall screws. And there's more than one person standing in line with a like like they walked out of the set of Tombstone, <laughs> you know, like, like like gun on the hip visible. It's just different. It's weird. <laughs> Maybe here we I, I think I've seen a lot of the uh, I, I, I just think open carriers are insane. Do the eight-hour class, pay the sixty bucks, just get the permit and tuck that shit in your waistband. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I agree. I don't want to know. I mean, as weird as that may sound, I don't personally need to see it, and I feel weird about the person who needs to show it. <laughs> it does sound like we're talking about dicks. It does. It really does. <laughs> no, I've seen more of the "I'm done wearing the mask" sort of thing here. What I find really entertaining is right within walking distance of my house, we have a, a pretty, you know, corner bar kind of thing, little new upstart. It's only been there for maybe a couple of years. And it was the first place that I saw them put up these sort of bamboo Hawaiian straw fences kind of thing where it's blocking the view of the entrance of the windows into the place. Like you can't see, how many people are in there and what they're doing. And I think that's almost, it almost seems like a, a, a an agreement, right? Between law enforcement and them is like, that you're going to have to make somebody report you if you're not following the city mandate. And then I started seeing it as I was driving around town. 
that you know what I mean? That's what made me feel like it was one of those. Uh, I saw my uncle, who's the sheriff or the chief at, you know, Thanksgiving. And this is what he said. Put up the straw fences. Are you seeing that? No, but I mean, Arizona lockdowns or whatnot never really did anything in the first place. Pretty much almost everything was considered essential. That's right. I had forgotten that. No mask mandate. No mask did mandate. Tucson make, well, ma- did, Mayor did Romero make? There's no. To my understanding, to my understanding, there's no statewide mandate, but Mayor Romero did put one in here, which is why crazy people want to recall her. Right. Right. Because my, my freedoms. Because of my freedoms. Yeah, I think that's um, exhausting, like you said. So let's try to get move on. I think the big news, right, Supreme Court, uh, which, for those of you who don't know, without going into crazy uh, depth on it again, you know, you've got state of Texas suing the swing states of Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Arizona because... wasn't on there. It was just the other four. Oh, was it? I thought it was. Uh... Oh, it's Wisconsin, Michigan, right? Yeah, Wisconsin, Michigan, yeah. Georgia, Pennsylvania, I believe. Yeah, I, I, you know, here you have, I can't, I couldn't really wrap my head around it other than that guy's trying to get a pardon. You can find a lot of details about that story. Ken Paxton, oh, he's totally fishing for a pardon. Fishing for a pardon, for sure. And, uh, you know, anything to polish Trump's golden spray tanned ass, I'm sure. But the funniest thing for me is, Funniest and on a serious note, right? The funny part is, is uh, the way that the Supreme Court rejected it. I mean, I read it. I know what it says. I'm sure people have seen the headlines. But in my brain, I couldn't help but feel like they, <laughs> like I was seeing it say, OMG, <laughs> STFU, Karen, go home, it's over. Like, I felt like that was the message. And I wish that had gotten on his Twitter account. Uh, but <laughs> it's It felt surreal i mean it felt relieving to me i know i read too much into it but um it just kind of i started feeling like the system at these areas that i was worried about with republican judges in a lot of cases in pennsylvania in wisconsin republican legislature i am not a republican but those guys to some extent held the line judicially right those judges kept this from ever getting traction and in a weird way it gave me hope that there's you know and i and i've said it before i find reasonable people here who are republicans that i can talk to but seeing that happen made me think two things and i want to see if you agree it made me think a it gave me hope that there wasn't this um un like the number of unreachable people wasn't as big that there were a lot more of them that were just sort of using this it was a totally rigged or something as a coping mechanism or of some sort but it gave me hope it gave me hope in the fact that there were reasonable people who i wouldn't necessarily agree with that held the line on this becoming a dictatorship you know did you come away with that same uh, like i really did like get a smile on my face and and feel better for a few for a while well it didn't really i mean I knew it was going to happen. They had literally no legal standing. And if somehow the Supreme Court took that up and agreed with it, it would create a legal precedent that would begin an unmitigated shit show between the states. Yeah. Well, well, for a long time, not just in the term of that case, if it were to have gone through, but for a long, long, long time, years yeah. and years it would have been a lot of crybabies uh, going 
back and forth. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the diet we're going to be on where on January 20th, we can lose 280 pounds of ugly fat and move on. But it made me feel good. One thing that didn't make me feel good. I did. I did really. I know. Trump, I, I know. I'm sorry, but I, I know Trump wanted Ted Cruz to argue in front of the Supreme Court. I would have paid money to watch that. Oh, just to see him embarrass himself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'm glad I didn't have to, though. I'm fine with that show never getting on the air. I mean, look, if we uh, just take crap like that and pay per view and we can deal with the deficit, no problem. <laughs> well, yeah, that just from the MAGA crowd alone. It's, yeah, and that's the, a. And the shot in Freud crowd. Well, and it felt like an end to something. And I'm going to end talking about politics Woo! on that note. Um, but I was going on to say one of the things that kind of made me feel a little down and old was uh, and and sort of related to, I guess, politics in a small way. But Debo. Fucking Debo, man. Rest in peace, Tony Lister. Debo. Is it Tom? I thought it was Tom Lister. Or is it Tony? Tony. I know. Tony, I'll know Tony Lister Jr. Tom Lister Jr. Tony. We're going <laughs> to Google either's lying. We're going to fact check. All right. I'm looking at his Tommy. He says, Tommy, you're right. Tom Lister. Is... Tommy Lister. Tommy Lister Jr. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> Did that, that hurts, doesn't it? I know that hurts. I think Tony Lister might be a boxer. I think that's where I'm getting a little mix up. That's okay. But the man is an icon. I've seen Friday four dozen times. I love the movie. I've seen it love probably everything about times it. a year since it came out. Yeah. And then, you know, the first time I saw that man, though, was a really bad wrestling movie that I loved when I was a kid because I was a kid and I was into wrestling and I loved Hulk Hogan. And so you see No Holds Barred. Yep. It's also the first time I ever saw an octagon, if you want to know the truth. But he was in that. Another favorite, Fifth Element. As the yes, president, was President Debo, President Debo. I I don't even know the character's name. Neither do I. It's just it's it's just President Debo to me. So if you read in there the cause of death, it's pretty openly referenced that it was due to complications relating to COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And that is really hard to swallow, right? Yeah, it's it's that's the part that, um, you know, people pass away, but uh, that really I, I you know, we we're just talking about it politically in the masks and whatnot. Is it weird for me to think that there hopefully is some people out there where this is going to reach them? They're like, holy shit, Debo died. Honestly, man, I, I, I think if they haven't been reached by now and figured out to wear a mask, nothing's going to change their mind. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I see people going back and forth, but I just, it's a sad story and it's a, it's a tough loss. And I had to mention it, it Vaccines day when I saw it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's important. It's important. And that brings up the question of vaccines. So moving on to other fun topics. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, vaccines are coming. They've been Granted emergency approval, at least the couple that are there. My my uh, wife, who's a healthcare professional, is getting the option to take them. There's been have you know some kickback on people who don't want to take them. What do you, what I don't know, man. How does this whole thing hit you? Look, if we can get to seventy percent of the country taking it, 
it's fine. That'll do the trick. I will gladly take mine when my time comes. I right. mean, I'm going to be at the bottom of the list, and I'm fine with it. Health, frontline healthcare workers, old immunocompromised people, the government, they probably need to be a bit more of a priority than people like me. But by the time it gets down to me, they're probably going to realize that there's any sort of weird side effects to it by then. Yeah, it sounds like they really have. I'm just surprised. And ha I mean, man, everything keeps building towards the end of the year for me. You know, I I feel like... Um, New Year's Eve is when the aliens will land. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up aliens. Okay. <laughs> Tell me that... Uh, well, let me finish my thought on that. I'm just... I'm glad this year's coming to an end. I'm ready for a new beginning. I'm ready for it to be uh, about what's, you know, the the good year we're going to have and not the horrible year we've had. Uh, but you said something about aliens. Tell me you read this article about a scientist out of Israel's former space security. What is it? Yeah, he's an Israeli space security chief is basically saying that the aliens are real, that Trump almost spilled the beans. I cannot pronounce this man's name. Aharano or Haranat, Yidiot. I don't know what Yidiot Aharanat. And he's saying that they have a deal with the United States to do experiments. And I don't, I really have to say the last thing I would think of aliens would be that they'd want to sign a, you know, contracts. I mean, did you see a picture of this guy? Did he look like Alex Jones in a wig? No, I, I, you're right. Uh, what is it? Uh, interdimensional space beast. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, uh, I have not seen an image of the man, but with the monolith, I just want to point out the fact that Siri heard me say psychic vampires and looked it up for me. Man, everything Use, happened. Useless. There are people confused by your home recordings now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I just thought it was, a, you know, in this year of wacky, crazy ass shit that you keep hearing about, this is, I, you know, could you I, be more surprised? I mean, is it even surprising? I mean, look, I, my, my thought is it, it, it's not real. There's no fucking way he would have tweeted about it if it was real. But if it's true, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, whatever. It's just another Tuesday in 2020. Nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, nothing surprises me anymore. One of those hard things. To Definitely. shift from, like I said, I feel good. I feel like I'm on an upswing. I got a lot of uh, excitement about food and especially after the last episode, I had a lot of fun. I think there's a lot to look forward to. That's all I think I was getting at. I'm really excited about who we're going to have on. I think that I think we would be uh, smart to bring on Taryn now. Uh, Taryn, I think you're more interesting than I am right now. So I thought I'd just bluntly bring you in up to Okay. Uh, yeah. Appreciated. <laughs> Look, thank you for, thank you for joining us. Right. Thank you for coming onto the show. Brando and I are super friends. We both have deep love for Taryn for everybody on out there listening. Taryn is a man. I don't know how long not, have we known Taryn each other? Is not since a man. Taryn is, Taryn not is a man. A man. <laughs> Taryn is a man. No, Taryn is not a man. We're going to make this edit note 1640. Yes, get that. <laughs> no problem. I'll remember right. that. I won't, no, I, I, I won't edit on the fly. Edit on the fly. Mm -hmm. It's okay. That's what we do here. 
it'll in the end it'll sound fine perfect yeah so i I think that we have known each other since 2005 2006 yeah i mean uh i can't take credit obviously brooke my wife and knew you first and you guys were friends and worked together my girl she, yeah she has absolutely amazing taste in friends as is evident <laughs> by the three of us yes and so what 15 going on 16 years and i was like immediately knew we were going to be friends i don't know if you felt the same way um i did and i think i've made references to you and my sister before mm-hmm. right and my sister is sort of um I think you do it better. She's, you know, but when I was growing up, she was sort of a hard as nails, tough, outspoken role model, really, mm-hmm. for me, looking back. And uh, I'm always comfortable around somebody like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have any uh, sensitivities that, that would make it awkward or weird. And so instantly drawn to these characteristics that you kind of radiate for me. And so Brooke had told me about you, of course, and Brooke was a educator, you're an educator, and you guys got to know each other. I mean, it's been a long journey, you've been through a lot. And I had you on the show, because I think that we've shown that I'm sort of interested in people that are self made. I've said that over and over. Okay. And you've kind of put this, you know, I was even writing in in the notes that I had, I I wrote something like the warrior Terran, and Mm -hmm. I was referring to just some of the traits that you have and not only being outspoken strong, we'll cover some of that, but I really want to start with the most obvious thing. You are a cancer survivor. You earlier this year diagnosed radical change of life and you've come through it in a in a year that's already whacked out oh yeah so i thought maybe we would start (laughs) there and sort of work backwards i I know i wanted to bring you into other conversation first but i really ran out of material (laughs) i was like i had some stuff i felt like we were going too far into politics and i usually looking forward forward to america being boring again i am looking forward to america being boring it'll make life easier It'll yeah, make, I was really like and finding things to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys talked about Dix's guns. Uh, you talked about the Romero recall. You got Dix's a little gun. bit of you got a little Kamala open, in open, there. Open carriers, Dix's guns. Yes, uh, open us, carry. Us concealed carriers are a little different. Yeah, we yes. hide our shame. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're not going to just have your dick waving out there. Exactly, gun. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, we we kind of know that you you know you're there. We loved we know Brando's in Tucson. We know that I'm lived in Tucson for a long time. My wife's from Tucson. We'll be coming back to Tucson, and you're in Tucson. Yes. And so, I mean, look, you're living it. Same questions that I asked. Uh, we'll we'll return to that big C topic later for sure. Mm. But uh, let's go back to what we covered there. You're living in Arizona. What do you think about the recall? 
what do you are you seeing some of that kickback like i was describing to uh to brando now to be fair i've only just seen weird homemade signs around town about it i don't really believe it's 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 not a what i'd consider a real movement no it's certainly not a real movement it could become one i suppose if it's about it's about as real as the christ is the fake christians wanting the mcdonald's dinosaur to be taken down it's a little more real than that, but that I got that in a email from my stepmom, and she was like, "I is this this isn't the onion? Is are they talking about the McDonald's dinosaur?" I was like, "Oh god!" That so let's went, take a second. Yeah. We, we're talking about the McDonald's that's on the corner of what is it, Twenty Second and Cole? No, Cole and uh, Grant Grant and Cole. Or I'm sorry, yeah. Cole and whatever. Thank you, Bertie. Okay, so. Yes. For, for those of you listening, you know, it's a corner on a busy, two busy streets. And uh, this McDonald's has a, like a 12 foot tall dinosaur. T-Rex to be specific. Yeah. Uh, T-Rex out on the front. And then what, I, I mean, I must've missed this controversy. What was the deal? Why they wanted uh, it pulled down my, because they believe in creation, not evolution. Fa- yeah. From my understanding, it was a Facebook group of people just mm-hmm. screwing around. Oh, saying, wait, yeah. oh, you know, this you know, this is, isn't true with, you know, creation and divine design or whatever the hell it's called. It should be taken down. Uh, you think they were screwing around? I I think that they might've been a little serious, but I would, I would not be surprised if it was all of a sudden revealed as a hilarious hoax. It does sound like a prank, right? Research. It wasn't, those guys weren't being serious. I mean, I almost want to join the just (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it's a hoax, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, they look, nailed you're... it. They got into the Washington Post or where, wherever it had posted nationally. It was all about clicks. All about... They were all trying to get all about the clicks. All about get the look. They're click hungry. So, I mean, um, going from that, the recall has the recall gotten well, any here's real what traction? I, no, here's what I see. Um, the Romero haters that, you know, they're, they're not hiding. They're out there on, you know, whatever news platform calling her a bitch. Uh, oh my God. She's God forbid the minority woman tells the white. Oh my God. Yeah. With the fucking accent and the attitude. Yeah. She's definitely a bitch and she is all up in your dumb shit. So put on a mask. Don't go out to the fucking bar and just try to chill and be safe. You need yeah, to go yeah. to ra- restaurants or that, you know, where you or can't that wear masks. Just don't like, be R-worded. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. YMH reference. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's it's funny to point that specific thing out because I think you're right. I mean, that that's the everybody knows that at this point. If you're in a position of power as a woman and you display the same sort of outspoken. Uh, critical traits well her critics hated her from the moment that she put black lives matter (laughs) yes and also when she was born just a little bit brown Mm -hmm. um but when she put a black lives matter banner on one of tucson's skylines yeah the skyline or the the tallest building i should know the name of the building but i don't and um people are like it's taxpayer money like what bananas i think that did they take it down, Brando? Do you remember that? That was I have no either idea. that was either three years ago or last month. Yeah, I re- time has no meaning. None. I really respected what she said before 
the president had a rally there. You know that she she's clearly got. Uh, yeah, she courage. said, "Fuck you, pay me in the most polite way possible." Right, <laughs> and right. I mean, she was her candor was pretty respectable. Yeah, good on her for standing up to the governor. I don't understand any of that. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, ice cream I, boy. Yeah, I, know I, I, I can't even talk about him. No, I. I mean, well, and just just to kind of point out, like I, I feel the area around me has has uh, the people have done really well with the mask mandate. But my uh, thoughts on that, and I've said it a couple of times with Brando, and we had a good discussion about comparing Arizona and Louisiana. I just had an amazing I, idea on how we can fix the anti-mask problems. Holy crap. Oh. All right, hold on to it for a sec. I want to get oh, to man. it. Oh, man, I'm but, excited. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, basically what I was saying is I think that this area is so used to states of emergency from hurricanes and, yeah. and natural disaster it's that – yeah, so I think that that makes a huge difference. Whereas Arizona, there's no there's no outward driven cause for everybody to play the role of a community. So it's all about myopic, right? It's all I don't want to wear a mask. Why are you making me freedom, freedom, freedom? Yeah, you know, it's the good thing is is that I don't have to really go anywhere. I do not go to stores. I don't even grocery shop. I don't pump gas. I just, I haven't had to because, uh, you know, Matt, my husband will do a lot of those things. So I just, super duper quarantine. I don't. Yeah. I'm on, uh, yeah. Double secret is usually what I call it. Secret (laughs) quarantine. It's usually referred to as like, I go to work. I work in a library where there are no patrons, uh, right now we're doing all delivery of books and material and I don't have to see stupid people. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Yeah. I yeah. guess there's a lot of people. I mean, they're all me. over the news. They are vying for my attention. I'm not yes. saying yes. that I don't see uh, videos of people being complete and total assholes, but that's a good reason for me not to go out in public beside just coronavirus is i just well let's let's uh i guess i mean let's we're kind of dancing around it i mean the reality is you're i mean you're immunocompromised because of having to battle cancer yeah well that's true i'm also um stupid people are cancerous but yeah Yeah. well you've you've had your fill already yeah right if only chemo could take them way um yeah so i did chemo during uh quarantine this summer it was weird yeah i remember you but i remember the news i mean i think if you don't mind can we start at that because i yeah. i mean a lot of us were sort of um you know we look at the year and it's it's we could detail all the shit that I always end up falling into talking about, right? Mm-hmm. The vaccine and the president and this and that. And the whole thing's been exhausting just for somebody who's got no personal health issues to deal with. And, yeah, sure. Right. And so yeah. then around me, I have two people. You are one that my cousin was the other that both were dealing with uh, cancer and fighting cancer and mm-hmm. all the extra obstacles that you would have to go through just mm-hmm. to go and get your treatments and all the extra concern with it. How, I, how, okay. So let's go back. You found out in April. 
Um, March 5th, I think my doctor called me on the telephone to tell me that was wonderful. Um, Uh, Not a great conversation. No, no, but you know, the best, so this is first day, first minute um, that I learned that I had, oh gosh, what was my diagnosis? Uh, Invasive ductal carcinoma, which my doctor like pronounced to me over the phone now he's like and then he's like do you have any questions like, uh, <laughs> i'm already googling it be like please let be this be the least horrible with the highest mortality it's like rate that episode I mean, enthusiasm is it the good hodgkins or the bad hodgkins do i have any fucking questions i was like i think oh this God. is why doctors call you into the office yeah. but it was my gp um, okay. he had nothing to do with it. You know, your oncologist doesn't, uh, call you cause you don't have one yet. Right. Cause you know, I was detected very early. So mammogram, 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 don't fuck up. So Get, was it just an annual examination that it caught it? Annual or? examination. Um, and then it went to ultrasound and then it went to biopsy real fast. Um, right as Corona is like at our heels, did not see it. Right. Saw like what was happening in Italy. Um, knew that Washington was having a hard run of it. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, right at the almost the exact same time as when my, sister-in-law is calling saying you know they're we're gonna be shutting down schools and i'm like okay well we're not going back after no this is already this is still march because march um because right after my diagnosis we were quarantined i didn't even no one even knew i fucking got diagnosed because it was like oh guess what how do you even tell people when we're all like about to get serious and lock down and you know. how do you tell people in general I, I mean that you know what i mean i yeah i don't know i think somehow covid like actually made all of this just a little bit easy no fomo i mean i did not miss i did not have a fear of missing <laughs> anything because there was right. literally nothing to fucking miss i missed nothing <laughs> I, I didn't I, miss a concert. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I didn't miss a fucking trip to another state, let alone country. Everyone going to the beach without me? Nope. Everyone's at home. And I love my wow. home. <laughs> so yeah. It was pretty easy in that way. Except for I had to go to doctor's appointments where, you know, some of the most sick people are, so. That was always so did scary. You, did you go through the any? I guess in the beginning, was there an initial fear, or did you just have? Uh, was that just secondary? Did you have a lot of confidence after finding? I just, you know, I just said, "Fuck it, here it is, survive it." Um, so I got the call from my doctor. I immediately, my husband and I work on the same campus together. I immediately was like, "Do I call?" my best friend in Phoenix who I know will be here in two hours. That's how long it takes to drive from Phoenix to Tucson. Um, Or do I run and go tell my husband during the middle of his teaching day? So ultimately I went and told him because I 
you know who knows first is like a huge thing but <laughs> we like we're in a storage closet i was like dude yeah okay not good news just got in the phone call and he was like fuck and then the bell rang because <laughs> we're high school sweethearts the bell rang and he was like okay i gotta go teach and i'm like i gotta go kick cancer's ass you yeah i, look, <laughs> I remember that, that. That's and the then thing. i called I my best that. friend in phoenix and she said holy mm. shit my two o'clock just canceled i am leaving in an hour and a half i'll be there at four i'm like that's when i get home perfect and then we partied for three days like girls do Cool I remember talking to you. I don't know how soon I talked to you, but I remember you saying pretty much exactly that. I'm going to mm-hmm. kick this. I'm going to kick mm-hmm. its ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's part of what, like, again, making that reference to there's a there's always been a familial thing. Like, I've always felt very close to you. I know we're great. I mean, you're one of my best friends, but you're always somebody that's been able to uh, calm me out mm-hmm. in moments where I've come over and vented. And I don't vent to a mm-hmm. lot people Mm -hmm. but i would come bend your ear for a good two hours more and just we would hammer shit out you always kind of had that you always had that extra strength to share and i remember you displaying that it's part of why i wanted you on the show you didn't deal with any of that you straight up wanted to kick its ass how uh how long from the time that you're done partying uh-huh. after three days, do you actually go in and start with, I mean, did you, it was straight chemo. Did you have any uh, other? No, kind of I, so I had a lumpectomy in my left breast. It was ductal, which sometimes can um, mean full removal because you know, your duct is, I'm going to call it like a tree Limb. Yeah, it branches. You know, yeah, yeah, it my, can my branch. Mother, right. My mother had this in in her late, like recently, and uh, lost had to have her left breast removed. Mm, yeah. So I will say it again, mammogram, because yeah, I too. mine was so was small enough, and I had I, you know, they tested my lymph; it had not moved. I got gene testing. That's where, yeah, it gets scary um, when it gets there. I would. I think that one of the scariest times was when the gene testing was. Um, coming back and I was like I am going to test positive for every motherfucking <laughs> cancer there go not only my breasts but there goes the uterus I didn't think about that. <laughs> or all you my that? lady parts I just was like shit they're gonna all go at once <laughs> I did not think about that that would be where I I, I think I yeah. would have some composure but that kind of that would that would give me a lot of fear. yeah so yeah. that was fearful but you know I was still in fight or flight mode and I and it was like, there was no run. You can't run away from cancer. You can't really deny it and just, you know, ignore it. Um, unless you have to, if you don't have proper insurance and healthcare, but I'm, you know, I, my medical, yeah, my medical plan <laughs> actually, I almost hate to say it, but it's true. Like really did uh, kick in and, uh, I got I got very good care, I guess is what I should say. So I had good doctors. They rallied. I got in and got surgery before March was over. We were already on, um, you know, our soft lockdown um, in Arizona. One of the only good things that Ducey did was close the schools in the beginning. Because we would have had no plan for how to right. disinfect. You get 30 students 
in a classroom. And it probably would have can just spread. They would have spread it among themselves they would have so fast and hard. Um, if the South yeah. Park pandemic special taught me anything, somebody would wind up getting shot. Oh, God. I, you know what? I, <laughs> when I was listening to uh, Ray's episode, I uh, believe is when you guys referenced that. And I still I th- I have so, not yeah. watched it. I've been watching <laughs> Big Mouth like an oh, addict. Oh, it's a show, too. Like an Brooke and addict. I both watched, the, we watched three episodes last night. Fucking Lola and What's-His-Face. Oh, they're perfect together. My favorite. Darren, <laughs> as, as a guy, let me tell you, um, when it comes to what men deal with going through puberty, that's 100% accurate. Oh, God. That's pretty fair. You, yeah, don't have a mon- I, you don't have a monster necessarily, but mm-hmm. everything else, 100% accurate. Oh, yeah. I can actually see boys' monsters. So, yeah, I know <laughs> I know exactly, exactly what you're going through. <laughs> what is, he, yeah. what is uh, Will Arnett to the DV? He goes, man, you really got a fucked up mind. I like hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly you're right that's uh that's a lot of high school boys that's pretty right on yeah oh man (laughs) i I do yeah hey there's some so you go in you get you're you're cancer free now well they never really let you say you're cancer free i don't know what doctors tell people that they can go around telling people they're cancer free but my radiologist they're they're basically physicists who program the machines that give you radiation because after chemo because of the aggressive factor of this uh, cancer that I, you know, basically fought off. Um, you like fought war- the, death <laughs> the warrior who the defeated the dragon cancer. That's what I wrote down in my notes. I well, felt here's like, the deal. It's you know. not the cancer. I mean, you're really, you could fight flight yourself through the cancer. It's the treatments. And now, where I'm at in just fucking December, I guess in December after being diagnosed in March, going through four rounds of chemo, which were every three weeks and then 12 weeks of radiation after I healed. I did do radiation. Radiation was actually, it wasn't worse than chemo. I had just forgotten how bad chemo had been when radiation started, but you can see radiation. Um, right. I've got burns. Um, I basically yes. right now, however, I'm dealing with radiation complications, not to a um, great extent, but I am going to a lymph therapist, um, which is spending a room, uh, an hour in a room with a hands-on massage therapist. Wow. So like, that's the riskiest thing that I'll do. Like, I'm not going to go. Crazy? I'm not going to go inside inside anyone's house. I have not been in anyone's house but my wow. own. But I do go to my lymph therapist. I I basically have to because I'm um have what's called gosh what is it called radiation fibrosis and lymphedema. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It's a you bitch, have, how many man. Of radiation did you have? Um, I had radiation every day, five days a week for, I, I want to say it was 12 weeks, but that sounds bananas. Man, you're- I don't you're remember definitely... how many fucking weeks. <laughs> You've now been turned into a superhero with special powers. Actually, I think now I'm thinking it was, you know how time is just doesn't matter. It Again, definitely no didn't matter. It definitely didn't matter during- radiation because i 
had to go. It was a 15 minute appointment. It was like 20 minute drive there, 20 minute drive back. <laughs> Good thing we were like remote teaching still at that point. Like I would have had to take all of this time off work. I would not be working right now if we could not be isolated from people. Not isolated, you know, not in big crowds. Well, it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of what I was touching on earlier. You know, it's our, this year is big stressful crowds, and like, exhausting for everybody. Yeah. And you've had to deal with radiation and, and chemo and kicking the shit out of cancer and making it look good, by the way. And I mean, you shaved your head down and look like a fucking rock star. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I think we focus so much um, as a, society on oh my gosh the lo- hair loss hair loss hair loss hair loss um but Don't because you can see it um i just happen to look pretty good without hair i'm a lucky lady for that <laughs> i was really tempted to do it in solidarity because i wasn't uh, able to get a haircut at the time and it was getting pretty bad yeah yeah would have actually been if people if i i could have actually asked people and been like hey bro want to shave your head in solidarity. I don't think anyone would have denied me <laughs> because of the quarantine Probably yeah. not, no. <laughs> and My not God. being able to get anything. <laughs> but and, actually when know, people said they wanted to do that, I was like, nah, I don't give a shit about that. The only reason why that's a big deal is because it means poison made someone's hair fall out. Oh. Their veins made their hair fall out. That's what we should be like focusing Focused on, on. <laughs> not how yeah. he or so she looks you with a bandana because you, you dealt with poison and cancer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put on a bandana, um, put on a wig, do whatever you need to feel pretty, but let's not focus on the pretty part. It's, you got a lot of other things to think about. Who cares how you look? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's that, you know, you might call that quality in a person, uh, I mean, leadership, right? I mean, you, you build a community around yourself and it's one, it's another thing I admire about you. And I want to see if the, like how that community reacted. Cause I just know they all came trying to do something or show love or affection. Like you built a family. I relate to that. I kind of do the same thing. And I was always love coming over to hang out at any chance I could. The parties, the fun, the amount of people that you're close to mm-hmm. and how important it is to you is pretty clear. I de- at this like crisis, and I guess you could call it, and you getting through it, was it overwhelming to get the reaction from people? Did you figure out who was legit? I, well, you know, what's interesting is – Again, I'm just going to have to relate it back to being in this pandemic. I didn't have to deal with anyone like trying to push any boundaries. You know, like when a crisis happens, sometimes people want to swoop in and they're not necessarily in an inner enough circle where you're, I mean, I think that my experience with cancer was like one of the most intimate like experiences where holy shit I have no control over this I can I can't let everyone help me I need to hone 
you know, yeah. my people and my people rallied because, you know, it was phone calls and little gifts in the mail. No one could come hug me. Right. You no, know, I had no, I have no, I have had no hugs except for I have a husband who. Who's hugs on been... command if, if need be, but <laughs> you know, I didn't have to really even deal with people like, being you know during a crisis sometimes the wrong people step up i've seen now it. your man your husband is one of the most athletic uh energetic men i've ever met mm. i finally understand where all that training has been leading to and it's been getting you through cancer mm. treatment yeah 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 he uh yeah it was good i mean uh he did a good job yeah you said something interesting about hugs you know it's the only person you can't hug and i've dealt with the pandy single living alone yeah and it's it's you don't really think about it at first but it's amazing how much you can miss a hug from someone you care about yeah you miss my hugs man no sharon's not yours oh Mm -hmm. that's not nice to say at all yeah i think i may come out of this not a hugger anymore i hope not but we'll see it'll be a pass some people are overly (laughs) huggy and it's annoying I'm was probably overly huggy, but I think everyone likes my hugs. I think I get. I think hugs. you need an armband. You know, like if you grant someone an armband, they can get hugs. Yeah. If you don't have an armband, no hug. Right. Well, and the thing with having dealt with chemo during the pandemic crisis is that I didn't have to set a lot of boundaries because I'd already they'd been set for me. I didn't leave the house. Right. Which is totally fine with me because I live in Tucson, Arizona, where the weather, except for in summer when it is over a hundred, the weather is fantastic. And just so it sounds like your silver lining here, right? Your silver lining in the in the pandemic. I get to hang out with my husband, cook, do things. I mean, chemo took me down a few notches a couple times, but right. It's this long haul situation I think that I'm in now. And that's what I was referencing. Like the hair loss is such a short term thing. It's traumatic because it's visual. And when you can see the disease, that's scary for both. The, it was scary for me, but it was also scary for my people. And I think as a society, that's what we're afraid of. It transforms someone physically. Forget all well, of the it, other it things. It makes you mortality, right? It and, makes you have to yeah. look at it. And yeah, you have to look at it. And also everyone, you know, is a little, I don't know. I didn't have to deal with the people who were like afraid to be like, Oh, I know you have a secret. <laughs> well, this is one I'm, of those times. I, Brooke and I'm I in this weird spot where Brooke and Charlie kind of told me about it, but I didn't really know that if I was in close enough of the circle to know about it, so right. I didn't know if I could reach out and send some love and yeah, yeah. I, I could have done so many different things had it not been like, Oh shit, everyone's dealing with their own pandemic shit. And there are people who are losing their jobs and family members to COVID. I don't even want people worrying about me. Like none of my students knew, well, we never went back after spring break. None of my colleagues knew except for two with whom I'm pretty close. Um, And it was kind of okay that way. None of my former colleagues, you know, all of my people who I worked with for 
15, 20 years in my former position, and no one knew because I didn't want to burden people with it during pandemic. But also, I'm a solitary gal. I like. I respect that. No, I I feel the same way. I don't really want to advert. Like, I always feel like that seems really uh, like you're fishing, right? When people just announce it to the world. Well, and you know, it was so funny because it was so appropriate that I do that because I know I would have had a lot of support of, you know, close friends from all the ages, you know. I just mean your coworkers and the people that you worked around. Yeah, but they weren't really the most important part because we went on lockdown and then we were working remotely. So they couldn't do anything anyway, you know? I wouldn't have announced it either. No, I feel you on that. Yeah. I mean, part of me wanted to just, you know, go up on the roof and yell it and be like, and now everybody knows, leave me alone. But I didn't have to. I get solitary in those moments too. Did it it piss you off? I mean, because, I mean, did you have that sort of like, fuck this shit kind of attitude? Um, You you know, I think I just always expected that. Oh, wow. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many other women feel like that with the statistics, but statistically, it's going to happen well, it's sort of, to a lot of us. I don't know what the statistics If I could you say, like, insert fact, you know I mean? one in ten women. It's like your stripes on your arm. I mean, you like I said in talking about you before, you're this outspoken, strong, rock star sort of person, and you display that you build your community, you got your peeps. Where did, is, I mean, I've met some of your family maybe mm-hmm. a couple of times. Does that come from your family unit? Like, is that just how the whole family is and you're representing that? Or is that just unique to you in your family? Like that, that ability to build that community and, and be outspoken. I mean, it, sound, it felt like your, your family was fairly outspoken too. Uh, yeah. Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I guess, uh, we're popular. <laughs> we're, the cool kids. <laughs> we're the ones you want to hang out with. <laughs> no, I think that a lot of, I don't know, my personality getting close with people is humor. And if I'm going to be hanging out with people, I want to be hanging out with smart people. I want to be hanging out with people who have similar sensibilities and humor. Sense of humor. Yeah. Um, not, not overly sensitive. Yeah, I just, I guess I just don't hang out with lame people. So you come from the popular family? And no, guys, no, that was a total joke. I mean, I was like, okay. I was like, half cool. of my family are pretty, rec- are pretty reclusive. So no, that was just a joke. I do think of my dad. My dad is a um, gregarious, really uh, chatty, I will say, and fun person. So I think I get oh. a lot of that from him. And you grew up in Chicago? I did. Chicago yeah. area. Uh-huh. Well, in the suburbs, yeah. So is it just the hate of winter that drove you to Tucson? Oh, I'll just tell you, right? I mean, if I, in my 20s, once I started my career, if I would have had to have shoveled to go to work, <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? Like, that's just that's <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> Brooke and I were watching the five-year engagement again. Mm. Uh, Jason Siegel uh, film funny, and they go to Michigan from San Francisco, and he's having to de-ice his windshield, and she just goes, "Fuck no, <laughs> I would never want to do that." 
do you, I'm, am I sensing a rom-com that I need to watch? Yeah, it was a rom-com reference, but you know. But what is the, it called? Five-year what? The five-year engagement with mm-hmm. uh, Emily Blunt and Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what can I say? We're bored and watching an old movie about a rom-com. You know, you can get the whole plot. They go from somewhere pretty to somewhere not pretty. Mm-hmm. And the minute that the snow was on the screen, she was just like, fuck no i would never want to live there because once upon a time we we talked about uh you know our options when we moved away from tucson were to move to uh like we were thinking portland on we thought minnesota like saint paul Mm -hmm. and new orleans and that was always what she said but it's been so long since we talked about it to have her just react to that visual so so abruptly just kind of made me laugh made me think about what you were saying exactly what she would say if i had to shovel anything to go to work Mm-mm. you could forget about it you could forget about it i would have learned how to re- work remotely a long time ago and where did you graduate where did you go to school like where did you graduate from i went to illinois state and then had to leave wasn't ready i was ready to live on my own but i wasn't ready to like study and live on my own so it took me Matt graduated from University of Illinois, and then we moved to Tucson because he was. And you guys are true high school sweethearts. I mean, oh, you guys are. Yep, kinda, yeah, kinda, pretty much. We knew each other in high school. We went to prom in high school, but our anniversary starts after high school, nineteen ninety-five, which is a long time ago. Ages, yeah, I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois State. I'm still like, what, what? I mean, I got my own wacky story about how I found my way to Tucson. Oh, I mean, do you have, is you it know, just a, kind of a matter of fact thing? That's where they, you know, what happened to bring you to the Southwest? No, one of my um, close friends, best friend, actually a friend who I've known the longest in my life, had moved to Phoenix and I had visited her. And I walked off the plane in Phoenix in March and was like, oh, this is the best weather I've ever felt on my body. What is this? <laughs> and from then on out, it was like Matt came um, and visited Phoenix the next year on spring break. It was like basically spring break trips to Arizona. God, that sounds so ASU. It but I, in fact, it. went to University of Arizona. You know, the thing is, is after living, I lived there for 20 years and I don't think I had known anybody that lived, lived Tucson better. Mm. Really? You really got every ounce of juice out of that city. I, I mean, I, you were always going to different. Try. I mean, you, well, I, yeah, but how many places did you introduce me and Brooke to? We didn't go out that much. Yeah. And you were out, you were, you would find places. Yeah. Matt and I are good at that. That was now we don't have to because Tucson, like, I'll just, you know, be in my backyard later. Yeah, you do you know, have a pretty sweet setup in because pandemic, but also because I'm like, that's kind of where I just want to be. But yeah, that's we also I theater. I to be in house partying. <laughs> I just always, uh, you know, I made a nice home for myself at Rialto Theater with friends who worked there and volunteering there. And like, that was my, I always said without three outdoor theater, I probably would not have stayed in Tucson as long. 
Hmm. Iconic theater, been a staple piece in the city for I don't even know how long. Yeah, hundred year anniversary is um, Googleable. And you were a volunteer, and you were involved in every like I remember going there for different things that you had helped put together. Yes, so I have a crazy friend who loves planning things and is very good at it. And she questioned, why doesn't our beloved Rialto, why no gala? Why no fundraiser? Let's do a fundraiser. We pulled off the first annual uh, Rialto Theater fundraiser. I didn't know that. The gala. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then it became an annual thing. Yeah. It was one of the actually the last things that most Tucsonans did uh, before um, our soft lockdown. Yeah. Um, gosh, I wish I could say what the date was of that. It was well, March. Again, we have no time this year. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter when it was. It happened last week for all I know. No, no, no. It happened in February. Time has no meaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tucson's just a good, you could find your niche. If you can't, then get out. We, we don't want to share water with you. <laughs> like if you only want to hate on it, hate on Tucson, but you're a transplant, just fucking go somewhere else. Go to fucking go Oklahoma. Or go I don't care. Here. I don't give a fuck where you go. I mean, <laughs> don't be a dick in Tucson. I, look, I agree. I mean, I, I, I loved it. I, I think it, it for the people who get there and it hits you the right way, mm-hmm. you you feel like you found something special, like a secret. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the more I come to appreciate it, which makes it even harder to, po- to potentially leave. Yeah. Oh, take take uh, Brooke as a lesson, man. I mean, it. but she had to, you know, we had to move so she could look back over and go, it was really great over there. Oh, yeah. Look, she, what, what's the yeah. biggest natural disaster we have in Tucson? A cloud burst during monsoon, maybe uh, a dust devil. We got it pretty good. The heat is getting more hot. <laughs> the temperatures <laughs> are rising. Yeah, it's that, almost like that was that was my erudite comment, but it is getting hotter. <laughs> the world Listen. is getting hotter, and this summer great... <laughs> we had no rain. We had like two monsoons. Yeah, that was some serious bullshit. I, I want that as a climate change meme. The heat is getting more hot. <laughs> I mean, you just have to go kind of rudimentary if there are people who are not believing you. You know, you got to just say it in their language. No, global warming is a thing. The heat is Man, getting oh, more hot. We have more hurricanes <laughs> this mm-hmm. year, and we kept getting lucky. We kept dodging them, and then one hit us right right i mean couldn't have hit the city more directly and Mm -hmm. uh man am i over that amount of water Mm -hmm. the the city's cool i love a lot about this place but man that weather can just and the overcast i miss sky oh god you forget what sky looks like in in arizona is sort of all sky i mean really like i pretty much worship the blue sky that's why I could oh, never yeah, move somewhere. You get these weird like... things in the distance called mountains that are really pretty. Right. The sun. Yeah, mountains. Uh-huh. Listen, 
I I don't even remember what a mountain looks like at this point. Yeah. I know what I know what a bayou looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the river looks like. Overcast. I can tell you about overcast all day. Yeah. yeah it's your fault for moving to Carcosa. Yeah. <laughs> the free independent state of Carcosa. Well, I, uh, you get into Tucson, you've made it your own Rialto theater. You're oh, doing, yeah. you're living it out. How does that doesn't really fit with what people see when they think of someone who goes into education, right? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not going deep dive there, but I got to ask, yeah. I mean, well, okay. So before I ask, yeah. I got, what it makes me think of is this. When I was a kid, I was a real piece of shit. Mm -hmm. problematic kid i was like i was totally true pain in the ass and and really uh a terror to most of my teachers educators but i have one english teacher that was a little older than the other teachers but she was so considered just to be mean by everyone and i loved her yeah. And she was the one who snapped my ass into gear. Okay. Because there was nothing impressive about me mm-hmm. to this person, right? She would just straight up call me out oh, God. and put me on, you know, in check. Mm-hmm. And it made me work harder, right? It got the best out of me if I'm just for my own personal. Story. Oh, if every pain in the ass, Charlie, was as easy as you to kick into gear. I think my it was career just, would have been a lot easier. That's where the smart came in. I'm gonna try to lean on me being some somehow smart, but I listened in that one person. But that yeah. is, uh, again, that kind of for me personally, right? That ties into uh, the response and reaction I had to my sister, and same to you. I I would mm-hmm. come to you for advice, yeah, because you you know I'm you had that same. I'm always going back to this strength, outspoken quality. Yeah, where does where does what drives you to go? You know what? I want to, I want to deal with pains in the asses. I, you know, I, I, yeah, you gave me a compliment earlier in the same vein. And I, I want to thank you for that. And I guess I just, it's, it's not empathy. I'm not going to say that because a lot of the times when I'm dealing with, you know, I'm going to just call them punks. Um, you know, right. I'm like, I get, that you are pissed off at a lot of fucking things, but guess who it's going to not be. It's not going to be me. You're not going to be pissed off at me. And I am going to work your ass as far as you can go. I'm not going to push you and, you know, put you under my command, even though sometimes it is a little bit about control with teens. I will not lie. Um, They can get under your skin and you can want to, you know, just, you could basically go full Debo on them. I, yeah. I mean, you could, you could make their life pretty shitty. You know, you could be like, Hey, you know what? And now you're going to make up every assignment you've ever missed during in-school suspension for three days. Like yeah. I'm not well, into that. that. Was, dude, I'm not that into totally in high school. I'm telling you, there was a lot of times. Yeah. I spent a lot I, of time in high school. I'm not going there. I'm going with, I'm going to try and get you out of your, Poor behaviors that are slowing you down and get you to do whatever is going to help you to get up. I I don't know. I guess I needed a lot of advice when I was a kid, and I've given it to mm. myself over the years. In retrospect, obviously, <laughs> not solving problems. 
one by one. <laughs> but, you know, just, in big chunks of not yourself. sleeping. Yeah, just... You, know what you should do, Taryn? Thanks, Taryn. I appreciate the advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like pains in the ass. I don't know. Just to help well, them. I, I, every I, pain I, in the ass has got a, a problem that can be overcome. And it's usually anger. I see a lot of anger in teens. And when you can get them back to that non-angry, you know, it's that fight or flight state. Yeah. You could get it their be. real person. And they don't need to go. I mean, they're still going to like do drugs and crash cars and probably even steal and commit crimes, but maybe less. Yeah, I think I think it's important to have you know, people like you out there. These aren't it. waking up saying, "I can't wait to be an asshole." <laughs> you know, they've been pushed there. Some of them are. I mean, some, some of them. Sure. I mean, some of them are, and rightfully so. But you know, they're just they're just hurting their kids. You can't turn every Debo into a Craig. No, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to help every kid. I... No, I think it's important. I also, I think there's a caricature about uh, teachers, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. or, or people in education. They're, you know, and take any bad television show movie Mm -hmm. there's this caricature of this uh person who is not that outspoken strong i mean that's out there there's some representation like that but uh, i always i think you know those kinds of people were important to me and teachers were important. yeah we're english teachers that's what we do we like go out in this force we have i mean we have like a whole handshake and like there's a lot of (laughs) There's a lot to becoming an English teacher behind the scenes, but you know. How long does the hazing last? Oh, I mean, for the teachers, I mean, we're being hazed as professionals our whole lives. For the kids, it's pretty short. Pretty short. Pretty short for the kids. You know, once they join the force, it's on. And now I'm a librarian, so I just give kids books. I get books donated. Better. And I. Because helping kids with literature talking about it and then grading them on it also teaching them grammar and how to write like five paragraph essays which i'm very good yeah. at like that's there's a lot in my way there i could when i now that i just focus on the books and the programming i don't have to grade i'm like instead of the mommy of the school i am the auntie like, I get to be cool when kids are like, um, do you have any books about... I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> just just say The it. Rock of Gibraltar? Yeah. Do you yeah. have The Rock of Gibraltar? <laughs> yeah. Well, if they asked me for that, I would be like, uh, we threw out all of the encyclopedias. <laughs> Years ago, before I took over, some asshole got rid of all the encyclopedias. But I have books about transgender and racism child abuse alcohol abuse oh did you say all the greatest hits did you just say that you want a book about marijuana you sweet little bun which one (laughs) (laughs) you know they like to come in and shock and be like i i can imagine in the 90s this was me i would go into the library and be like yeah i need to know if there's any books about abortion in here and the librarian was like, "Of course, we have a, we have a whole selection of books about abortion, pro-life, and pro-choice, and all of this women's history." And I was like, "Oh my god, I was being a dick." 
You actually wow. have books in here? Okay. That's cool. You're in control of the knowledge base. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, I want to put it that way. And I'm like, oh boy. Um, that's a lot of responsibility. Well, and it, so, you know, being an educator, being an English teacher, um, working in a library, working with books, mm-hmm. how much of that, and that gives me a good opportunity to ask you about you putting together your own mm. piece yeah. of work. Yeah, I need to finish that. your own creativity and being an author yourself. Yes. I mean, what can you tell us about that journey? And if you can, does the, you know, start there, but then does the last six, eight months of treatment and getting through cancer change? Has it changed or reinforced? I mean, how has it affected those ambitions of having, you know, yeah. the journey of an author? Yeah, so all of those things together, um, plus teaching, like picking teaching as my career, picking library as my career, and as a writer and also as a friend, I like to give advice. I guess that's what it comes down well, to. Well, you're good at it. It's good um, I guess I realize that I, I should realize that about myself. It can get really uh, burdensome because, you know, sometimes people want to tell you everything and you're like, I do not have any. I'm sorry. You can just say it right here. If there's no solution, (laughs) if there's no solution, it's just taxing on me. No, I don't mean you. No, Um, I know, no. But I mean, look, I can. Strangers. (laughs) I know what you're saying because I have the same thing happening. I have like a bit of a siren. Like it'll go off and I'm like, oh, no. Why is that person coming to me? Um, this is the third time Charlie's texted me. I'm not sure I'm up for this. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Sometimes I I'm, I, sometimes I'm, I have n- been feeling way more tired after treatments and things, but um, oh, I'm not being serious at all. I was just playing because I know I can get long with I remember too many times, like I said, sitting in your backyard with you, chilling at the table, and I would, I would start talking. And then when I would get up to like go and get a drink, I would realize it had been a clean two hours mm, mm-hmm. you know but you always gave me sound advice and mm-hmm. it's because you're fucking smart i mean you're just really smart and insightful about the person that's in front of you and that's the thing you you really you're a great listener you yeah. always were for me you know so i think you're right you give good advice and i mean you were talking i cut you totally off and i'm sorry no it's we okay talking- and i think that my book that i started writing oh my gosh so long ago i want to say 95 but that's <laughs> it wasn't that long ago but it was before we say goodbye there's a project we got to talk to you about that can make us both really rich okay let's get rich yeah well, but continue, right now please. oh yeah book got to finish it have a little bit of chemo fog not able to concentrate very well but it's going to get done i already have the cover it's already edited almost fully just needs the inlay i could finish it in two weeks if i put my mind to it but let's get rich well, before you go in there, Brando, let me ask you a question. Is, is, is it, I mean, I, so like if I build a table, I feel like that table is my baby. And I have a, I put like extra work into like looking uh, at every little piece. It's nuts. I don't, I have no idea what the measure of like putting together a novel. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just don't have any way of relating to it other than something I'm building with my hands, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Yeah, because you never really can look at it as a table or a painting or even a photograph because those things are done. 
like a book doesn't right. have to be done. All you have to do is bring it up on your screen. You could type anything you want in there. Right. When do you stop? How do you know when to stop? Yeah. Oh. Well, at this yeah. point, I have every single major chunk and it's been done for a long time. There's just tweaks and I've been, I'm willing to give up on some of those things. Like who really cares what Miles's family's restaurant is called? Call it Bravo Cafe. Fine. Right, right. But I want to just have like the perfect name. I'm bad at naming things, so there's a lot of the La Trattoria. Yeah, anybody? I don't. Anybody? Yeah. Okay, no, never mind. Lost it. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm just like I know names I don't like. Like say any name, and I'll be like, no. <laughs> well, that's gonna be hard. It's to go through. just so, little can, stuff. Can you give us any? I mean, I don't, you don't have to, but mm -hmm. are there you? want to share any uh small detail about what it is or what well it's yeah and i want to get it out there because um it deserves it's a story that deserves to be told it's uh, fiction based on experiences of my life and all the years that i spent with teenagers and the problems that they have and problems are um you know can start at home so jamie right she's 15 her mom just relapsed Oh, at boy. school, everything is pretty good, but you know, there's going to be bullies, and there happens to be a bully, and it happens to be um, pretty serious because it's uh, a sexual assault that they have to deal with. Oh wow! Okay, I think you. That's a. That's a. That's a great. I don't want you to give too much away. That, uh, that's enough to make anybody want to read it, right? Uh, what sure. am I? That was not an elevator pitch. That was a. The long virgin, virgin. <laughs> that was a long virgin. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. No, you know, it's it's just it's something I admire. I don't know if it's something I could ever do. And um, I, I would go back and maybe not, not even do it if I knew, <laughs> or do it a lot faster. I mean, I could have been done with it in three years, but the way that publishing has come along and the way that you can now. Um, contract with people across the country to do a book cover, a book jacket and right. um, get a professional at a nice price. Like that's incredible. I wouldn't have had that. I would have had some like gonky covers and I am a cover judger. I think it's just having, you know, like I said, anything I would put my time into, I would be so, analytical and trying to make sure it was perfect i mean i, I think i would be mm -hmm. in that process i'd mm -hmm. be kind of i'd be afraid of getting caught in that process and you know i think it's exciting because i think you're a great communicator yeah so any i am caught in the process that is the, that's the problem i'm just but i enjoy it like i enjoy the process of editing it it's like really quite fun to me but now i've done it so much where i'm like oh my god once it's just hard to get the final well, it's also you such a, I mean, you read yourself, so I can only imagine how much reference material you have for something you want to say is probably overwhelming as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I can't wait to, you keep us updated. Let I us know. know what's going on, where we can find information. We'll Seriously. keep uh, reminding people of where to look. Mm -hmm. You just let us know where to go. Mm -hmm. What's your, uh, what's your million dollar idea, Brando? Yeah. So I, I got a pitch to, I, it needs a pitch to somebody with talent. 
mm-hmm. aka Taryn. Okay. Not a uh, book. So. No, no, this is a book. This is a book. Oh. Um, basically, we need to write, well, you need to write like a confederacy of dunces for a new generation, but mm-hmm. base it around a more extreme version of Charlie trying to fit back in with like corporate America. Mm-hmm. It would go horribly wrong, but it'd be very funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what you were saying you're going to have to find a way to change the character enough to where I don't get any profits for the reference yeah all about that late stage capitalism son mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks appreciate that yeah. so yeah. Um, Taryn I want to kind of jump into a question that I have asked a few other of my uh, guests that motivated by a conversation I had with your bestie Brooke mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's political in nature, but I'm interested to know because of all the things I've complimented you on and what I admire about you with strength, being outspoken, how you build your community around you. Mm-hmm. Um, the motivation for it is a conversation I have with Brooke about Kamala Harris uh, post-election being in the spot of vice president-elect and soon to be vice president. And while we were talking about it, she was emotional and I was just asking for, you know, I wanted to understand more. And she had made a comment about how she didn't think it could happen. Mm. And, and I, you know, big dumb guy was sort of stunned by that because I didn't, I, I, that had not been my takeaway for right or wrong, but I'd never had that thought cross my mind that I didn't think it could happen. And then you know, she went further to say, I didn't think it could happen. I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime. Mm. And I wanted to know why that at all. And it got into her reaction to the 2016 election based on like, she felt like it was the country saying, you know, putting the glass ceiling down on top or, Mm -hmm. you know, this like vote for the patriarchy kind of thing. That was her emotional reaction to it. And it, it led to this place where she was stunned and in pure like joy, but somewhat shocked that a woman would be in the white house in a position of power. So that's the two references for two questions. One, what does someone like yourself, did you come away with? Is there a, uh, what's the emotional significance for you? Like uh, um, besides the obvious on Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, am I pronouncing this right? Yeah, I know it's Kamala Kamala, Kamala Kamala. Harris, Kamala. Um, And her being in that position and then follow up in a little bit with, you know, do you feel the same about how the 2016 election referenced you? And I'm not trying to get specific to bat, you know, about particular people, just Uh about the the misogyny. You want to know what it's like to be a woman, Charlie? Let me tell Let me tell you. I do. Um, I, I, I have a lot of, uh, pride for her. I'm very proud of Kamala, uh, Harris because, uh, you know, her parents are both, both sides of her parents are immigrants. Correct. Yes. Um, uh, so for a woman of color and vice presidency, fantastic. Um, can't say I'm not just, appointed i you know i'm still a little bit back in 2016 when we had to like uh deal with like hillary couldn't beat trump like how what the fuck happened how the fuck did this go wrong 
It was like, oh, right, because it's the woman's fault. It's always got to be the woman's fault. Well, and that Not was the something- team behind her or whatever the shit was going on. Uh, the way that you deal with systemic misogyny, um, we, were, we, weren't able to, we weren't able to do it. And now we're at a point as a society, I say we, all of us, have a responsibility to just really try and wipe out misogyny yeah i think i i it's such a weird thing for me personally because i was you know my like i said i referenced my sister i'll reference my mother here too but both of them being i didn't have that uh uh that male reference because it was really my mom as a single parent for the most part my sister the line of moms who went out and Oh yeah. The pro- I mean, I was like, that's what I'm protests. talking about. So yeah, that would Kamala had have had if she would have had a negative impact on Biden's campaign, that would have been I don't know. That might have been the end. The ERA might have just even people would even stop fighting for that. Well, in reference to the twenty sixteen thing, you know, that the things that like, even you had said it earlier, you know, that if you're if you're a woman and you're being outspoken or you're displaying some of those uh, traits of just being curt up front, not fucking around, mm. just getting straight to the point. Yeah. You're you know, you'll be considered this sort of bitch character. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, think- I could only imagine if I were a politician. I mean, my nickname of which I'm very proud in <laughs> meetings with my colleagues was it's a little different now because I'm, you know, softened. I'm older. Was junkyard dog, like I wouldn't stand for anyone calling me a bitch with an opinion, right? Because no, my opinion was here's what we need to do. Unless you're too stupid to make it happen, or there's a fly I don't see, we need to move and do this. But I always so had, I, think- I always had good teams. I didn't ever have to bully anyone, but that's a trait that I see like that that natural ability to be that sort of uh using your reference junkyard dog Mm -hmm. i see a lot of that in Mm -hmm. harris and i've seen like and brando you've referenced it when uh william barr was being uh, basically prosecuted by Mm -hmm. her in a in a a senatorial verbal bitch slapping But that that same quality is something I think, for whatever reason, it seems like, I don't know, I guess that's what drives those same people that had a problem with Hillary. Hillary did seem to try to find the middle ground, and I don't think Harris did. I think no. Harris just leaped in. Yeah. Well, I, people like Kamala Harris haven't had the conservative hate machine dragging her name through the mud for about a solid 25 years. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, they worked real so, fast. They worked real fast. I don't know. I think Ocasio Cortez is their new it girl. AFC, you're right. Yeah, I mean, both of them. I just feel so like you, too long, yes. too long you're to get there, point. and it's also not the presidency. Boohoo! Let's keep at it. Good, right? Good job. So that's something interesting. So you, you're disappointed. Uh, well, I think it's fair to be disappointed that it's not the presidency. It's not even really a disappointment, just how history works. I suppose so. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I had this, this thought that that 
office is a position of power for the last 20 years. And mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, I, I, the biggest thing that I liked about the pick was that the primaries between the two of them were so vicious mm -hmm. and there's something about somebody going to their worst or most, uh, you know, uh, their best adversary you know the one that they have the most trouble with and being able to forge a team out of that and i think was like rocky something and apollo. I respected. huh it's like rocky and apollo it is kind of like rocky and apollo it really is so you felt that way you felt the same way that that would you say you felt the same way coming out of 2016 did you have that same i know you kind of said it a second ago but you came away not I'm not angry because the person. Oh no, I was angry. I was. I woke up and said to Matt, "I'm like, oh, do we have a female president?" And he looked at me with like a terror in his eyes and was like, "We don't." And I was. It took me maybe two seconds to then have it hit that. Oh my god, that means Trump's our president. <laughs> like I was so disappointed yeah. that Hillary didn't win that I forgot what would happen if she didn't win. And that wow. that's it. and then everything just became surreal. Time basically stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. The EPA I rolled back. We, you know, we just we did this huge rollback. And now there's an opportunity. And I mean, it's a. I think Kamala Harris is a great. Kamala is going candidate. to be great, and I'm very proud, yeah. and I'm glad this was the time with the way that black lives matter had an impact during quarantine and you know what is protesting what isn't protesting and the world looking at like wait this is why riots happen and then whatever the white boy from indiana coming out as a vigilante shooter like everything just was ramping up to be like hey wait, let's what? take a little second to oh. restructure a little bit maybe we need a woman <laughs> well right and did it did so that's that gives you hope does it change i mean to me it's like there's that that same touchstone i've been hitting on the whole uh episode is that's a quality in people i admire it's a quality in in further in women that i admire because i think it feels i feel like that's a something I can relate to because it's in my family. Thankfully, those were the representatives I had of what women were. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it just felt like that sort of quality is now something that people embraced in leadership. And it's, um, I don't know, I, I it, it kind of fits along more so as she Kamala Harris and you could probably have a good wrestling team, you know, <laughs> you go out there and, face paint and just knock the shit out of everybody else i yeah you're both outspoken badasses mm -hmm. you know and does she have wrestling experience no no <laughs> like, are you are you stuck in your um debo guy mind right there with the wrestling i can't I stop think. thinking about it it was such a huge uh emphasis for me no holds barred yeah, it was a great show. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I still refer to getting way too drunk as winding up in Debo's chicken coop. Oh, now that's, I like anything with a chicken. great Friday reference. I like a reference <laughs> to chicken coop. <laughs> well, Taryn, I feel like we've covered 
a lot of what I wanted to get through. I didn't want to cut you short on what, you know, is there anything you would say, I guess you, you had told me when we were speaking earlier uh, that you wanted to, you had a lot to say about cancer survival. Uh, yeah. And for the one thing I think Just I came away with it. was mammogram, mammogram, mammogram. Mammogram, mammogram, mammogram is definitely an important thing. Um, and also I suppose the, surprise things that are happening now. Like I mentioned the radiation fibrosis and the, I finished radiation uh, Labor Day and now I'm just getting hand numbness and just Mm. some things that I thought like I was done. Right. And you know, you got more asses to kick. um, Yeah. Right. These are like kind of the hardest asses because they're lingering. So, yeah, you know, I got to. We, you know, I know something about that. I've got a, a, a woman who deals with a lot of that. And you have too. I mean, we didn't even touch on the the other pains that you've had to live with forever. Yeah. I totally glossed over that because I was focused on your getting through cancer. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're a tough, badass role model. And I have a lot that I Thanks. admire about you. And I'm, I appreciate you coming on the show. Congratulations on getting through chemo and cancer thank you I and everything that. i'm glad you're here yeah just you know yeah glad you came here and did it still I alive usually, uh, <laughs> <you're> still alive <laughs> brando you have anything to add before i get into the i have to do the questionnaire on this one no i'm just looking forward to when time of things eventually become normal again sometime probably around maybe next summer when i can actually maybe see taryn again i know all I mean, us, when, I, when, when All Charlie's us. wife came down to Tucson recently, my biggest thing was, if you're going to see Taryn, do it before you come have dinner with me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can be sure. I just yeah. absolutely positively sure. Yeah. Because while I am yeah. very, very, I, I take quite a few precautions, mm-hmm. you know, I do go back into a very deserted workplace pretty mm-hmm. much every day, every mm-hmm. weekday now. Right. And, you know, while I am not out in public a whole lot, I still have to occasionally go to the store. Yeah. Where you see a lot of people wearing chin diapers. Yeah. See, They're I, not doing things the right way. I don't see, so, I don't see people in stores. It's I am so envious of you. Yeah. Yeah. Really good for you. Well, at the end of some of my episodes, I, I like to completely hijack uh james shamelessly hijack shamelessly Uh, and i i take that 10 questionnaire that's uh from the pivo questionnaire oh my god and i think it's fun and it's easy and it's i'd like to close out the show asking you those questions i should have looked them up okay hit me no it's better that you didn't it's okay they're simple simple and they're easy um is there anything you want to you have want to end on before i get to it Nope. Cool. Let's get on. All right. Here we go. The James Lipton questionnaire from uh, the Actors Studio. All right, Taryn. Very simple. What is your favorite word? Oh, that's not simple. Um, in what language? <laughs> I throw it throw in. in. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I think I like the word serendipitous best all right serendipitous what is your least favorite word i don't really have any i don't like the word bitch unless you really mean it 
what turned you on creatively? Ew. That question's too horny. <laughs> okay. How about, <laughs> how, how about what gets your creative juices flowing or is that still a little too much? Yeah, no, it's even juicier. Um, <laughs> nature, 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 nature is okay. my news. Okay. What turns you off? Um, a lot of things, but lying. Being full of shit. That's a good answer. Yeah. What's your favorite curse word? This is my favorite question for you. Um, I mean, it's got to be fuck. It's got to be fuck. I've been it's called out my whole life for being like, do you think you could say fuck less? I'm like, I don't fucking think I can. <laughs> I really, I really <laughs> fucking don't. I'm sorry. It's a huge, it's my favorite fucking word to mm -hmm. use for emphasis. Mm -hmm. fucking. It's a level five. What sound? It's just so useful. It is. it is really, it's really yeah. fucking useful. And then people always say, how do you not, you know, swear when you're at work? You swear so much. And I'm like, eh. It's not that fucking hard. It's not that fucking hard. I got all my fucks out before I came here. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? How do you think I know fucking swear <laughs> How do you okay. talk to students without swearing? <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Ah. Uh, uh, you can pass if you can't think of something. I like to hear birds chirping. Okay. What sound or noise do you hate? Most sounds and noises. This has been a tough hour and a half for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you hear my neighbor banging on his roof? <laughs> no, yeah. but I get, oh, you know what? I 100% get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I have thin walls in mm -hmm. some areas of my house and there are a lot of people around me that do housework. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I yeah. want to sound proof home. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? And that's cool. Let's take out author and education too. Other than that. Um, I would like to, uh, a flanous. What is a flaneuse? A flaneur. See, I'm trying to use a French word. Um, that is, it's not a, it's not a career. It's not any kind of money making. It's to walk as a That's it? occupation. Really? Time. It's a very French thing. Yes, the flute. Yeah. Flaneur. I like the answer. I'll well, I, I don't really want it. I just, I, I just, I really just want to. Get she a just van. wanted to flex on us with her language skills. I want to get. Her, I want to get a van. Mm -hmm. I want to drive around with my husband and my dog, and I want to figure out how I can get paid to maybe do that. Let me know if you figure something out. <laughs> All right, you got three more questions. So I'd rather not done. work. How about that? Here, here. <laughs> I think we're all on board. What profession would you hate to do? A lot of them. I thought for, I, I thought that I would maybe try being a lawyer at one time in my life. I'm glad I didn't because I think I'd hate it. Fuck doesn't go over well in the courtroom. It's, well, fuck and then emotions <laughs> and just like lies. Like the three things that I fucking need to be careful about. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I would be as a, I'd be an angry, angry person as a lawyer. You'd be angry all the time. Yeah. 
All right. This question I think is brilliant and you totally keyed me away to it. And I looked up the article oh, no. in, totally from the Tucson weekly. You can pass on it, but I got to ask it. Okay. Uh-huh. What song do you want to play at your funeral? I know. I think about this question a lot and never have an answer. Yeah. You looked up the origin of the. I did. Uh-huh. 2009 Tucson weekly. It was great questions. Mm-hmm. Great questions. But that one is the one that stands out. Oh yeah. This is the best question. Um, and thankfully you have time to change your mind. So this one doesn't have to be like, this is an etched in stone. <laughs> yeah. If you could get a sound bit of me saying my favorite. Like, I just want to say happy birthday just because I don't care what people fucking sing. Man, uh, that, that, <laughs> but that, I think I, I, that I, people that should be scene. singing. I want that movie scene of the entire people at a funeral, yeah. the entire guests singing happy birthday. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. I know it's probably supposed to be played at your wedding, but I would like for my friends to sing. I like that. Yeah. I like that. A lot. Everyone, All right, last everyone's going to love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Darren, well, you fucking asshole. Uh, that voice out there. I'm like, no, right here, episode eight. I'm going to play it on my Spotify real quick to everybody. Yeah. All right, last question here. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I'm going to, I can't even acknowledge that as a question okay that's fair (laughs) we've had some really great answers we've had people say uh how is the ride we've had people say you can have your brothel however you want it nice uh i think i think uh was that graham Graham? uh, okay yeah no actually it wasn't (laughs) graham (laughs) no uh it was uh graham's was like uh about indian food i believe yes okay So, you know, it's really just meant to grab that impulse. But I I think we'll we'll be happy. with. Well, I could also say there better be some great fucking food here. Yeah, well, so, yeah, it could be that. I almost thought about changing that one to, uh, you know, who would you see? But that always gets emotional. I get offended by any kind of godness or heaven, so. Right, it's just meant to invoke a funny or whatever reaction. So we can can have an answer for it. I'm going to jump in here. Uh, if it were me, I hope he would say all the dogs you've ever had are waiting for you. Aww. He, she, no, that's beautiful. Brando, you're sweet. We're going to even forget that you said he. Yes. We're going to move past that. I, I, I put it out there. I got a little emphasis. You sexist bastard. <laughs> I'm a product of my environment. Yeah, you are. I mean, cause I would never, I would never say that Brando is a sexist. No, far from it. No, we just love giving him a hard time. Yeah. Taryn, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for doing the uh, time. Hour and a half went by really quickly. I know, it really did. I was like, man, we could. Oh, that's right. We used to hang out all night. That's what I was saying. (laughs) Two hours, just boom. And look, I mean, we, we always invite people back for a second visit, which is usually a little more deep dive and less random and we try not to go through everything crazy but mm-hmm. if you'd come back we'd love to have you yeah talking as a sport i dig it well guys we hope you enjoyed this episode of brevity box brando it's a lot of fun man that was a good one i appreciate everything you had to say Except your mammograms and check your testicles mammogram 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 of course thanks to taryn good luck on her completing that novel and getting out of being stuck in process 
We hope she keeps us updated for sure. And uh, just remember that we are brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. And hopefully you're enjoying the show. We have a lot of great content to offer. And if you take the time, check us out at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. Brando, like and subscribe. Your voice is better at getting through. Like and subscribe. Rate. Five stars, five stars, and everything you can. Hope you join us next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.